So most solopreneur entrepreneurs who are just getting started, they never break out of the of being the worker. They you have to become the business operator. So yeah. you have to eliminate, automate, and delegate in that order. A lot of times you can just not do something and it'd be okay. You know, you always ask the question, how can I eliminate what if what happened if I just didn't do this? Would, it, would everything turn out okay? And you'll be surprised at how often it does. And then if you can't eliminate it, then automate it. And if you can't make some machine or software do it for you, then you need to delegate it to a person. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Are you ready to start investing in real estate today, but don't know where to start? Sometimes investing can seem way too complicated, but it actually couldn't be any easier than with homeinvest.com. You know the co-founder and my friend, Nate Armstrong. He appeared on episode 20, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it, episode number 20. Home Invest is a company that allows you to invest in turnkey real estate. Their goal is to build powerful investment tools that make real estate investing accessible to everyone. They have contractors and property managers available for you with the click of your mouse. While other real estate agents can only offer a property, Home Invest brings you a full turnkey package that allows you to diversify your investments, earn passive income, and start building equity in properties. Their simple, intuitive design allows newcomers and experienced investors alike to hit the ground running and to be able to choose the properties when they want and where they want. View easy-to-understand charts and data to allow you to buy in only a few clicks or just a simple phone call. With Home Invest, you'll be building your portfolio as quickly or as slowly as you would like. And right now, Home Invest is giving our listeners, Pillar of Wealth Creation listeners, a free course on how to finally win in real estate investing. So go to homeinvest.com forward slash pillars. That's homeinvest.com forward slash pillars to claim your free course today. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexammer. With me today, I'm excited to have Paul Thompson. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, in 2015, Paul, he wanted out. He was working his corporate you know, office job. And as he says, it's it became a suffocating cell. So Paul wanted out. Paul decided to start buying rental houses, build passive income, and break the chains of corporate America. He was so successful that he secured 20 deals in his first 18 months of investing, which is, which is congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, since that time, he's acquired more than two dozen rentals without bank financing. And now he teaches others how to raise money from regular people, uh, that have some funds to invest. So we're going to obviously dive into that. And in addition to coaching others and still investing himself, Paul hosts a podcast, to Educate Others, and that podcast is called Ready Investor One. Uh, and we will also talk more about that as well so people can, and we'll link that into our show notes. So uh, that podcast offers tips, hacks, insights, and and more for listeners interested in creating opportunities for passive income. Uh, 
did I say the the podcast name right? You got it. Ready okay. Investor One. Ready Investor One. Awesome. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Cool. So with that, Paul, why don't you give our listeners a little bit more about kind of what you what your background is and then what you've got going on today? Well, what I have going on today is I am I would consider myself a full-time real estate investor. I no longer have a day job. And so I spend my time uh, building businesses. So I have my real estate business where I have rentals. I, I do I do market some still to kind of make sure that I'm, my my tactics and my techniques are relevant. And I'll do a few deals per month, you know, kind of transaction engineering type deals. Um, and then I also have uh, I do a lot of creative financing deals where I'll lend out of my self-directed IRA, or I'll do a deal with somebody else where they lend to me out of their IRA or 401k. And so I, I do a lot of money deals where I am the facilitator, the catalyst, or a deal that I have where I, I find somebody else where they're a catalyst. And so that's, I'll consider that note income to be another pillar of wealth for me. And then I'm building a, a business where I'm, uh, I have a course called REI Pathway where I help people who are in the, the trenches who want to trans, transition out of having a traditional corporate America day job and have some sort of a real estate portfolio that helps fund or completely funds their, their lifestyle. Cool. Cool. Um, well, you, you know, 2015, it was only you know, three right. years ago. Right. Uh, when did you quit your job? When was that official? That was, uh, it was, I think it was today's Thursday. So yeah, it was one year ago today. So the Thursday okay. before Thanksgiving in 2017, I was laid off from my job and I was planning to quit in 2000 or January of 2018. But I, you know, to be real honest, I don't know if I would have had the, the wherewithal and the, the chutzpah to actually take that leap. And so the way I like, like to put it is I had my toes on the edge of the cliff and I was considering how to jump and someone just came by and pushed me. <laughs> what was that push? Well the, the, well, the push was, you know, you're no longer welcome here anymore. Um, here's a box. And so, <laughs> okay, okay, I guess. Because th never did I consider going and trying to find another job when, when that happened. I, I, I consider it my, my fourth favorite day of my life after the day I married my wife and the, the birth of each of my two kids. My fourth favorite day was the day that I was allowed to be free yeah. from, from having the, the suffocating sale type job. But I know so many people who listen to this might find themselves in, and it's all about creating uh, income that comes in whether or not you are involved or not. You, you got to make money while you sleep. Yep. Yep. I agree. You know, and even if you like your job, you still have to do the same thing. I mean, you have totally. to, be able to make money while you're sleeping, like you said, and, and that's really important. So whether you have the suffocating cell of a job or just enjoy your job. I know some people that really love their jobs and still, but mm -hmm. it's still the same way. It's like you have to have something other than that job um, because that job can disappear very quickly uh, or a lot of different life events can happen. So cool. Um, so, so 2000, so you quit. I thought you were going, when you started that out, I thought you were going to say, well, today is Thursday. I quit on Tuesday. <laughs> that would have been a good story. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Um, so, so now what's your, what type of asset is, is your focus on you, you buying rentals? Uh, what type of rentals is it 
Yeah, single family. I, I do have um, one little small complex that kind of, they're technically six houses, but they, they, I bought them all together and they're all kind of clustered together. So they, they behave a lot like a uh, multifamily, but I, I am a, a single family guy. Um, I, I, people ask me a lot, you know, which uh, asset class is, or which division of real estate is the best. And they all have their pros and cons. And what I tell yeah. people is, especially when you're first getting started is invest in what you understand. And for, for a lot of people, we understand houses. It, it's not a big stretch to understand what people want out of a house or to how to evaluate the, the value or the condition of a property. So start there is what I typically tell people. And then if, as you, well, what sounds like what you've done is as you get, as you mature and as a business person, you can branch out to the, to the bigger projects if you wish. Yeah. And I, you know, I, like you said, I branched out to, and now I'm doing larger multifamily, but it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that I don't actually believe in single family. I actually do. Quite frankly, uh, I, I think there's, to me, there's two really good um, portions of the, uh, if you're going to invest in, in, you know, where people are living, uh, it's large multifamily or it's one to four family stuff. I think yeah. those are, those are two great segments. I think that that segment in the middle is a lot more difficult unless you're going to actually be hands-on self-managing. And even then it's a lot more difficult because you've got a bigger apartment complex with no amenities. Um, and you, so you've got that that's fighting against you where the single family, what's great about it, um, is you've got families in there and they want to be in there. Um, that's, right. So long, what, you, you get more of the long term, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, uh, I, cause I could tell you, I could, I could talk about what I like about single families and don't like, but for you, what are name, maybe a, a few pros, uh, what you really like about the single family asset and why people listening should consider it. Okay. Well, first of all, if, especially if you're newer, it's one of the easiest ones to understand because you, a lot of people are used to trying to get qualified for a loan. There's a lot of available loan products that are out there for you. 30 year fixed, you know, it's, you know, it's annoying to go through the process to get those bank loans, but you can do them and they, you, you get, I mean, it's, it's the safest financing available. Uh, also with a single family, there's a ton of really creative exit strategies. And so I always tell people is to start with the end in mind. What, what do you want to have happen? What's, what's your end state? And with, with multi, I'm sorry, with single family, uh, you can play the markets against each other. So most people buy single family and they think about it, a retail buyer and they're looking at the comps. Well, that's not as an investor. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for you're buying a stream of income effectively. Well, you can turn around and create streams of income on the tail end when you sell by selling on terms or doing things like a rent own lease option, or you can also then turn around and sell it to a owner occupant, which will be willing to buy based on the prevailing market value of the property that has nothing to do with how much the income stream it might have. They plan to live there. So you can play the different markets against each other, depending on how things are, are behaving. So it gives you a lot of exit strategies. This is one of the reasons I, I like single family. Yeah. You know, one of the things I like about it and you've kind of uh, mentioned it, uh, I like that. I do like that. It's an emotional um, yeah. kind of, it's an emotional buy for people and it's an emotional sell for people. So when things are, are bad, you can go in and you can buy it really low, way lower than what the, 
property's really worth. Come in, you can do some updating. And then when things are good, the economy's great like it is today. And mm -hmm. if you want to sell, you've got that opportunity. If you miss the boat, like I've got a bunch of single families still and some of them I'm not going to be selling, maybe selling in the next couple of years, maybe in three or four years. Well, if I miss the boat and the economy goes down, who cares? I'll just hold it on till the economy goes back up. That's the nice thing is it's, it's this big emotional roller coaster. And so your highs and lows are really high, really low. Uh, where multifamily, yeah, it's got some emotion. It's got some market, uh, you know, polls, but it's a little more steady. So you can't buy really low and you can't sell really high. I mean, you can, but not to the extent of single family, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I, th I think you're right because you're always selling to another investor. So all that, that investor is always ever looking for is stream of income. Exactly. So, exactly. so where there, there's no, oh, well, look at how nice everything is. I'm going to pay whatever everybody else is paying because I don't care how much it costs. You yeah, know, most, <laughs> most investors don't go, oh, this place is so cute. I love the paint colors and uh, right. how it's decorated, but homeowners do that. And so, totally. and so when the market is, is good, you're able to really capitalize on it um, while cash flowing, even when the market's bad. So I, do, I definitely like that. Yeah. Um, what are some maybe cons that you, some, some maybe problems that you've faced that you see as challenges in the single family space and maybe you've solved Scale. them. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's always a some mitigating factor to to problems, but um, when it comes to single family, if you're trying to get a trying to replace your income, and you know, you you you're making you know a hundred to three hundred dollars per door per month, uh, that takes you know if you if you're expecting to get income five six ten thousand uh, dollars a month to live off of, uh, you, you need a lot of doors, so it takes a while to scale up with single family, and so that's definitely one of the challenges. Uh, another challenge is uh, the it's I think it's hard to find really good professional property management. Uh, so I, my experience with um, which is very limited with multifamily when I've shopped for some is I've shopped around with professional property managers that do that they do nothing but multifamily and they are they operate at a scale and a sophistication level so far above and beyond what I've had the experience of working with in single family. So if you're, if you're not going to be your own property manager or landlord, you're going to, have to hire it out, which is fine. And in fact, I would even suggest it. But if, if you're doing that, you're going to have to accept that the property management is just going to be good enough. I have yet to be delighted by my property manager. I, I've, I've been satisfied a few times and I, I will say it's good enough, but man, it is tough to find somebody who can do that at scale that, that will, will treat it anywhere near as well as you would treat it yourself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Definitely. I've had the same experience. Um, are you buying then you're using third party or are you doing some bureau managing? So the way I do it, I started off managing all my own because I wanted to learn. I figured I would probably transition to property management at some point. And I have, and, and for the first 10 or so, I mean, me and a buddy were doing this together and he was more of the hands-on, but um, we, I wouldn't say parted ways, but we, we 
both branched out. We both grew up enough that we could run our own businesses. And so he went off and, r- and ran his business and I'm running mine and we're still very good friends, had lunch yesterday. Um, so he helped me with that on the front end to do some of the property management. And it turns out he's really good at it and he's gone on to get a, a license and have his own property management company. Um, I uh, still self-manage some of my properties, but what I do is if it's, if it's already performing and I'm not having a hassle and a tenant's been there for a while, I don't need property management to take care of the, to just make sure a, the check was, you know, because I automate all my, my payments through ACH. All I got to do is look to see if they paid. And 95% of the time they do, and I don't get calls from them. And when I do, it's not a big deal. They're nice people. They've been there for a while. Um, what I find is when a property turns over, that's when property management is really necessary for me. So if it's a lower income property or it's a property that's just gone vacant, then I'll consider turning it over to property management. Okay, good, good. Um, it's nice to know your limitations, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do it, I guess, but I, I don't enjoy it. It doesn't thrill me to get up and think about how I'm going to be a better property manager. Uh, I'm glad there are people who do that because um, it's so necessary. It's, I, I, and in fact, I would say management is the most, the most important aspect of owning real estate because yeah. if you can't manage your property, then what's the point? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Buy, buy and write. People always say you got to buy and write, which I agree, but, uh, managing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned, you know, in the, your bio, I mentioned that, uh, you know, you're buying without bank loans. Tell me a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, there's a variety of strategies and in some of these work in multifamily, some of them don't, but, um, so what, what I do is I, I have a order of hierarchy that, that I try and buy a property with. So the first thing I always want to do is I want to buy with seller financing. I love, love, love to buy on seller financing because I can get so much better terms. I'm so much more in position of power and yeah. influence when I do that. If, if I, I can't get that, then I'll see, or if they have a mortgage and doesn't work, then I'll try and do subject to the existing mortgage. And uh, so I've done quite a few sub two properties and it, you got to be careful. Uh, a lot of gurus tout that as this great technique that solves all these problems. And it's actually quite complicated. So you, you want to be very careful and, and judicious about when you do subject to the existing mortgage. Um, and then you could also do when this is a little more common in multifamily where you can assume the existing loan. Um, so that's something that that's another option, which I've actually never been able to do on in a single family yet. Um, and then I consider other options of, of third party financing, like private money or um, to, to do you know, a buy and refi. So I'll buy with either hard money or private money and then turn around and then refinance it into institutional debt. Um, that, that a lot of times I can do that and not have a, a, a bank loan on the front end. And it's so much easier to get a refinance than it is to get a purchase loan. Yeah. Um, and, and then a lot of times I just, um, you, you can do really clever things like just buying, when I say buying, but you can control properties with leases. And I actually know a lot of people who are starting to do this now with uh, Airbnb properties where you, the properties that are in, that were intended and designed or could be easily converted over into a Airbnb or BRBO, a vacation rental, they will lease the property from the owner and they control the property and then take an option out to buy in the future or just have a lease. It's just a master lease where you lease it and then sublet it. And part of your lease allows you to do a vacation rental, short-term rental, but you manage all the, the headaches of 
maintaining the Airbnb account and make sure it's getting cleaned and turned over properly. But if you're just getting started, it doesn't, that's a really great way to get started because it doesn't cost you a lot of money. You're, you're the one doing all the work and, and the other, and the, the owner is thrilled because who else is going to take better care of a property that's being turned over every weekend or every other day is going, it's getting cleaned constantly. Yeah, that's, uh, and actually, uh, if you've got the rental properties, you can lease them out to groups like that. I actually have, uh, two different properties. I've got one property, single family, um, that's got a company that leases. It's, it's, they turned it into a group home. So I lease to them. I actually, I get a premium on rent. Plus I've got a, I think I've got a three-year lease set with them and they've got a, you know, they get disabled adults in the property. Um, they're, they take care of all the maintenance and that's a great way to potentially lease your property out with no hassle at all. Cause it's so easy. I've got the NHL leases another one of my uh, properties, mm. and it's the same thing. I mean, they, they don't do the maintenance, but they pay over market value and they know it and, uh, but they're happy to, and they take care of the property really, really nicely. So why not? Yeah. 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 Those are great options. So you can, you could do the lease like you said and do it yourself, or you can just let some of those other companies lease uh, for you too. So, Hey, I want to interrupt this episode real quick to talk to you about Nate Armstrong. Uh, Our sponsor, Nate Armstrong, he's with homeinvest.com and you want to get to know Nate. So go to homeinvest.com and just connect with Nate, talk to him learn about his operation, what he's got going on. He's a turnkey provider and it may not be right for you, but it could be the perfect fit. So it doesn't hurt. It's a free call, free consultation, just to figure out, you know, what they do, what they have to offer. And worst case is you're going to meet a great person who's really well educated in real estate. He's done a ton of different real estate strategies and probably he's going to teach you a little bit, even on a short conversation uh, with him. So go to homeinvest.com and, and uh, connect with Nate's company. You're definitely not going to be disappointed. It's worth it. So uh, thanks. And we'll get back to our show. What's a big mistake? When it, what's your kind of the bigger mistake that you've made and how, more importantly, how did you learn from it? Great question. I had a, a, what I call a 15 year mistake is that I didn't get involved in real estate for 15 years. Um, I worked in corporate America sitting on the sidelines and I finally realized, and I always thought, well, maybe someday I'll go out and do something. I'll start to own my own business or I'll do, but I never, I was ever like kind of short of an idea. And then I'm, I I, we toyed with the idea of doing rentals and I even went and got my license for a little while to study and, and was an agent for a very short while and only realized that becoming an agent just learns you teaches you how to become an agent not anything to do about real estate investing and only barely teaches you how to be an agent so yeah it it wasn't that that wasn't i mean i learned certainly a lot about about title theory and that kind of thing but it that wasn't that helpful the the decision that or the the lesson that i learned is that doing nothing is still a choice and so i teach people constantly i tell people this is my this is if i there if i had a siren song it would be that you have to invest you, it, it is, if you're not investing, you're, you are just setting yourself up for a, a life of constant work that you may not be enjoying. Mm-hmm. Someday something's going to happen where your body breaks down. Something, something in your family is going to have a problem. You're, you're, you're going to get laid off. 
you're not, you're going to change, you're, you're going to change and the work you're doing now isn't rewarding anymore. If you ever want to take control of the equation back over to your side of the ledger, you have to start investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You're probably actually happy you didn't invest uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. What? 2002, uh, Two, yeah. 2003, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. That would, you'd, you'd be in a world to hurt uh, in 2000. Potentially. Seven or eight, potentially, yeah. <laughs> but, hey. uh, but I couldn't agree more. Yeah, waiting and not doing anything, like you said, is a choice. And it's you're not doing anything, you're still doing something. Is doing it's nothing, nothing. Yeah. And, get, and that's, you got to get in the game, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And it's not not to say just be stupid about it and throw your hat in a fire, but um, you've got to eventually get in the game. You've got to eventually do a deal. And that's what I tell people: if, if you're every people can dream and you see the people that you know go to the back of the room at all these seminars and they buy the big course and and then they they're at the next one they're doing the same thing and they're always dreaming but they're never doing it doesn't you know dreaming does no good if if you're not going to actually take action yeah success is the time between you know an idea and action the the shorter that you separate idea to action that's when you have success yeah absolutely yeah um what advice would you give our listeners for operating a business successfully? What are some things that you've been able to do? So what my fundamental idea about becoming a a good business person is that you have to first learn how to do something yourself. And then as soon as you get to the point to where you can delegate that out or automate that out, do so so many people I hear about, they, they spend, they spend their time at their houses, like turning the wrench themselves. <laughs> mm. if, if you're doing that for the first time to learn, to make sure that you don't get taken later on, that's fine. But do that once, learn how to lay tile once and then never lay tile again. There are people who will, who, who will lay tile for way less than what you value your time for, or what you should be value your time. So most solopreneurs, entrepreneurs who are just getting started they never break out of the of being the worker they you have to become the business operator so you have to eliminate automate and delegate in that order a lot of times you can just not do something and it'd be okay you know you always ask the question how can i eliminate what if what happened if i just didn't do this would would everything turn out okay and you'll be surprised at how often it does and then if you can't eliminate it then automate it and if you can't make some machine or software do it for you, then you need to delegate it to a person. And I don't currently have employees. I, I use entirely virtual assistants or um, people through Upwork. And some of them are in the U.S., some are in the Philippines. But that's all being done. I use a lot of contract labor to outsource and delegate tasks that I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. Good, great advice. Um, so somebody who's trying to take it to the next level or, or actually even just get started. What, what's uh, maybe two things, maybe three that they can do that you think is, is going to get them there. Well, number one is you have to invest in yourself. You need to develop the intellectual capital. You need to um, improve the gray matter between your ears. That is your value to the world is what that, it is not your back. It is not your physical body and what it can do. We are not in that age of, of labor anymore. If you want to 
have value in the world, you have to be able to think and not just repeat what somebody can go find on Google, think and apply. So you need to be investing yourself, reading books, listening to podcasts. Obviously you're already doing that. You need to be going to seminars and I don't mean these seminars that have the, 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 the booth in the back that has, and, and, and they, and they, and they trick you into like, you know, upping your credit card limits to $50,000 and then buying some course for that much. Uh, some of those courses may even have some value, but you're, but it's, it's a, they don't check to make sure if you're ready or not. Yeah. Um, they'll sell it to anybody who, who can get enough credit, credit on their credit card. I'm talking about these courses or events where people who have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years are, are out there doing it. They're, that's what, that's why I started. I went and talked to folks and went to these conferences. It cost four or 500 bucks. They're in Atlanta, Vegas, Tampa, and Orlando maybe. And there's their population centers and they have investors have been doing it for years and years and years. And for a few hundred dollars on the weekend, a couple times a year, you can go and get just so much knowledge shortchanged by investing in yourself in that way. And so number two is I would say, while you're there, invest in your network. The reason I do a podcast is so I can have time conversations with Todd Dexheimer how else would I be talking to Todd Dexheimer if I had not created my own podcast? Um, you have to increase your network. You have to talk to people, but you do it with the spirit of service. And that's number two is always looking how you can help somebody else versus what you can get out of a transaction. If you approach uh, people at, at the bar at these conferences and you ask them, you know, so what's your biggest problem? What is anything they to do to help you? That's an interesting conversation starter is how, you know, what's your biggest challenge in, in your business right now? Yeah. And so third is then you have to start investing in assets. It doesn't, we, we talked about it a minute ago, but you can't just go to conferences and not do anything. You're, you're, you're investing in your, your, yourself, your network, and then you have to go invest in assets that are generating income while you sleep. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. I love those. So invest in yourself, invest in your network and invest in assets. Um, three very powerful things. Um, what, uh, what's kind of a goal of yours moving forward? Where, where are you going to take this? Yeah, I'm, my plan is I, I, I refer to it as, I love the name of your podcast because Pillars of Wealth, because I think about that all the time is like, I want to have seven streams of income. And right now I have rentals. I have my, my stock portfolio that I still have for my 401k days. Um, I have a, a self-directed IRA and a solo 401k where I do money lending out of, and I do some deals in their options and that sort of thing. So that's, I already have three and now I'm in the middle of building fourth, which is my, um, my own brand, my, my, my youpreneur, uh, <laughs> um, brand of Paul David Thompson and how I can serve other people. And so, you, you know, you got to make money while you sleep. So I have rent, and interest. And now I need intellectual property. And the intellectual property is the content that I'm producing, generating courses, all with the spirit of serving somebody else. I can serve more people if I think about how I can make money while I sleep. I'd rather serve a thousand people than spend two hours with one person one-on-one. I love doing that one-on-one, but that isn't scale. You got to figure out a way to scale. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um, What's a favorite book? So currently my favorite book is, is by a guy named Gay Hendricks and it's called The Big Leap. Have you heard of it? 
I have. I've not uh, read. Have you not read it yet? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually quite good. Um, it gives us some vernacular, a nomenclature to describe characteristics that once once I say it, will kind of hits you. He refers to it as the upper limit problem that we, as we get out of our comfort zone, our innate internal thermostat feels uncomfortable. And it says, and that's when you get all this self-doubt. It says, You're, you've hit your upper limit. You can't do that. And what your, our bodies are trying to do is protect us from danger, protect us from the unknown. That's yep. how we became, I don't know, it's just something about us. So the way we're made is we're, we're careful. Um, and and we, we explore, but then we take it back. Well, in this world, that actually doesn't really serve us. You, you actually want to be expanding your comfort zone and pushing yourself past yep. your upper limit problem. And, and, and a lot of it's just self-talk in, in our head that just sets us off. And that thermostat says, oh, no, you're, <laughs> this is, ch- ch- check, it, check it out, Paul. You <laughs> are not ready for that. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you probably aren't ready for that. That's why you should do it, um, it, it is to break free. And then he also has this concept of, I'm operating within your your zone of genius. So he refers to what we operate in as four zones. One is being the zone of of incompetence, um, and then what many of us operate in in our jobs is our zone of competence. And that's where I was when I was an engineer. I was operating in my zone of competence. I was good at math and science. And the re- the way I chose to become an engineer was I went to engineering school, and they said here are the seven different disciplines here's industrial here's, here's chemical and here's computer and all the other ones they mentioned i didn't know what the other ones were and they said computer engineering and i said well computers sound cool i'll do that i mean that's how i chose my my my, my major so um that i was that was not something i was in love with that was just my zone of competence and then when i got into management and at work i probably worked there in into my zone of excellence and that's the third zone is you're you're starting to thrive but you aren't yet in your zone of genius and i have yet i've now found my zone of genius isn't even real estate my my zone of genius is in learning something new constantly distilling it down to its component parts and then sharing that with others that is what i do and that that's when i come the most alive and real estate is the vehicle that got me there cool I like it. I like it. Uh, a lot of people will think they got to find, like you said, like they, they got to, they got to find real estate or they got to find, you know, whatever, it, whatever it is, but it's not necessarily what the product type is. It's not necessarily selling jeans or, you know, whatever that is. It's, it's that process. It's the whole scope of it. And so you figured out what you're good at and what your genius is and that necessarily isn't real estate. Real estate's right. just the product that, you know, so. Exactly. That's my expertise. But uh, the, what I really do in my zone of genius is in learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you've probably already answered this, but you're going to have to come up with three different ones because this is well, my final question is what are your three pillars of wealth creation? My three pillars of wealth creation are anything that makes money while I, while I sleep. And yep. so I, I have to, and so how do you do that? I mean, you can do stocks, you can do, for me is I want to have rental income because I feel like it's always going to be there. Um, there's all people, they're making more people and they're, they're, they're running out of land and they're not, we're not making houses, housing fast enough for the people that we're, that we're making. Uh, two, is interest and and you can characterize that as 
um, loans or just investing in, share, in shares of, of a stock, wh whatever it is, something that doesn't involve you, you put money someplace and you just get money back. So I, the money's in the money. So I like to take control of some capital and then put it to use. So that's interest. And then third is for me is an intellectual capital, intellectual property. What is it that I can learn once and then put out in a course or a book or a webinar or something like that, where I can offer it to many, many people at once and provide value to them. And oftentimes not even charge that much in the scheme of things because I've, I do it at such scale that it's affordable to them, but I put so much time into it, but the more you serve, the, the more you make. So pillars of wealth is intellectual property. Cool. Cool. Well, Paul, I appreciate you joining us and uh, lots of value. Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you and then where can they find your podcast as well? Sure thing. So where they can find me is at my website, which is pauldavidthompson.com. And if you go to pauldavidthompson.com slash pillars, everybody that listens to this podcast will get a free giveaway. I have a um, email series of three steps to your first or next deal, five tools uh, to supercharge your business and seven tips for success. Awesome. And everybody can, everybody can get that free by subscribing to my email list and I'll um, send you that giveaway. And I'm also working on a, on a new ebook that's very short, it's, it, but it's something that um, it's how to make offers that sellers cannot resist. And that will be coming out very soon. So if you're on the email list, you get that as well. So that's pauldavidthompson.com slash pillars. Well, Paul, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. We'll link that up in our show notes and, uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Todd, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, have a good day. Take care. Hey, special thanks to Paul Thompson for joining us on the show. Appreciate the time he was able to spend with us and tons of value uh, that he was able to add. So awesome story. Uh, I love hearing people that were stuck in their, uh, their cell, as he said, uh, suffocating cell. And just talk about how they, they were able to get out of it and, and create what they want to do uh, for their life. His, as he said, his, his genius. So a uh, few things I took from it. First of all, he talked about, you know, making sure you're, you're doing things, you're building things that make money while you sleep, uh, while you're not actively working. And so that's really important. Be uh, having investments and businesses that can run, essentially without you there all the time. Uh, so that's really important. The other thing he talked about is, um, is make sure you're investing in your network, uh, always building and growing your network. I think in times like, like now where we have a uh, economy that's booming, uh, maybe less opportunity to buy things with uh, low value. Uh, we're going to be buying things at market rate because people understand where we're at in the market. And so you're going to have some opportunities still have some value uh, to create. Uh, there's always opportunity for that. But you've, again, you've got to be careful in that. So investing in your networks right now is a very powerful thing because eventually there's going to be another market cycle, especially if you're into real estate or into stocks or, you know, buying businesses or whatever. There's going to be a real estate uh, or, sorry, a market um, cycle. 
there's going to be a lot of opportunities. If your networks are strong and you're built, uh, you're going to be able to take far greater advantage of it than if your networks are weak and you're trying to build your networks during that time. Same thing with the other thing is that he talked about is investing in yourself, investing in your education. The same thing goes there. If, when, if, and when this market corrects at any time, if you are educated, you're ready to go, uh, you're going to have a lot better opportunity to actually take advantage of uh, that correction and, and really um, building wealth and that the greatest wealth is built during downturns. And uh, right now we're definitely not in a downturn, but eventually someday that's going to happen. Might not be five years from now or might be five years from now, but we don't know. Uh, so anyways, great information from Paul. Appreciate him being on the show. Again, invest in your network, invest in yourself and make sure you've got assets that work while you sleep. I'm Todd Dexheimer, signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Are you ready to start investing in real estate today, but don't know where to start? Sometimes investing can seem way too complicated, but it actually couldn't be any easier than with homeinvest.com. You know the co-founder and my friend, Nate Armstrong. He appeared on episode 20, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it, episode number 20. Home Invest is a company that allows you to invest in turnkey real estate. Their goal is to build powerful investment tools that make real estate investing accessible to everyone. They have contractors and property managers available for you with the click of your mouse. While other real estate agents can only offer a property, Home Invest brings you a full turnkey package that allows you to diversify your investments, earn passive income and start building equity in properties. Their simple, intuitive design allows newcomers and experienced investors alike to hit the ground running and to be able to choose the properties when they want and where they want. View easy to understand charts and data to allow you to buy in only a few clicks or just a simple phone call. With Home Invest, you'll be building your portfolio as quickly or as slowly as you would like. And right now, Home Invest is giving our listeners, Pillar of Wealth Creation listeners, a free course on how to finally win in real estate investing. So go to homeinvest.com forward slash pillars. That's homeinvest.com forward slash pillars to claim your free course today.